This is sublime. Every time. Jack Morris. Noah, pro wrestler and part of the good looking guys. And you're listening to the amazing, the fantastic, the sublime wrestling. Hello, hello, hello. It is me, it is me, your True Hill Phenom, SP3. You know what time it is. If you're listening to this, you are here for Russell In's flagship podcast when it comes to New Japan Pro Wrestling. Yes, it is time for Ace Techers. We are two Ace Techers instead of three this week. And K, we want to wish him, uh, you know, best health uh, as he gets better. He's a little under the weather, couldn't make it here today. But I am joined by everyone's favorite NJPW fan and YouTuber, Sunal. How are you doing? I'm doing well. We're going to hold the fort for NK because I feel like NK would have so much to say as well about the show today. And he's not here, but we'll hold it down for him. We're going to hold it down for NK. I know he had a lot to say about, uh, you know, the block final as well as semifinals and finals for World Tag League. We also are going to talk about our final NJPW year-end picks. We promise the people we will give you our top three Gato blunders of 2023. We'll give you our, our 2023 NJPW matches of the year, as well as the MVPs of New Japan Pro Wrestling as well. And then we'll cap things off with Wrestle Kingdom 18 preview coming up January 4th. Cannot wait, just like all of you. But first, let's talk about the World Tag League because it all concluded on Sunday, December 10th. 2023 and it came down to the two champions going into the tournament the iwgp heavyweight tag team champions bishamon hiroki goto and yoshihashi as well as representing the gorillas of destiny the njpw strong openweight tag team champions el fantasmo and hikaleo and then we'll go in reverse here because to get to there they were both in the b block of the World Tag League. Uh, they faced on the opening night of World Tag League with the G.O.D. beating the IWGP Heavyweight Tag Team Champions. Uh, but both com- both of those teams came out of the B block and they met in the semifinals, the participants that came out of the A block, which was TMDK and the Bullet Club War Dogs. I saw a lot of conversation online of people that wanted those two teams to be in the final to determine who would go on to versus Bishamon for the IWGP Tag Team Championships. So before we even get to the finals, I want to hear your thoughts on the outcomes of the semifinals and the fact that G.O.D. was able to get by TMDK while Bishamon kind of ended their trilogy with the Bullet Club War Dogs, beating them, and now their series of matches is 2-1 after their win in the semifinals over Alice Coglin and Gabe Kidd. What did you think about those results with the two champions going to the finals? I'm trying to balance it on like realisticness. So on my one hand, the Bishamon and G.O.D. getting to the finals makes sense. They're both champions. I think this is the one of the first times we've had like two sets of tag champions because we've only ever had like, I mean, in New Japan, we've obviously had people with the never six man belts and stuff like that. But this is the first time. However, while Bishamon beating War Dogs makes sense, 
much longer team, much stronger. Does ELP and Hikaleo beating TMDK, who have teamed longer than probably all three of those teams combined, does GOD beating TMDK make sense? No. I wanted TMDK. I wanted TMDK versus Bishamon. That's what I wanted in the final. So while I get it, and I'm going to put it out there because people will think I'm hating them, the team of Hikaleo and ELP is fantastic. It is exactly what, and I said this on my video that I did, it's exactly what Hikaleo specifically needed. He needed someone to counter, no, not to counter, this, not think, he needed someone to help him with his charisma and personality, which is the one thing that he's been lacking. He's really just been put as this big guy, and I'm going to compare him to the likes of Lance Archer, who's a big guy, but has that personality. So yeah, it was great, but realistically, like TMDK should have won. <laughs> yeah, I, I I totally agree. I mean, I my original pick, of course, was Shoto Amino and Ren Narita. And we'll oh, yeah, I think get to that. We'll get to that. We'll get to that. We'll put that on the shelf over here. But um, all throughout this tournament, you know, I wasn't watching, you know, the shows live. But all I would hear repeatedly is, yo, TMDK is doing really well. They're on top of the A block. TMDK, they're making me believe that they could win. And the whole time, my only answer to all those people was, TMKK, it's not going to make the finals. You said that and on the last episode. I said that on the last episode. I said that on the last episode because Gato has conditioned all my opinions on New Japan is based on how Gato books people. And yeah. how Gato has booked TMDK this year gave me no type of confidence that they were going to make the finals. So when they lost to GOD, I was just like, well, they should have. It was, it was unexpected. <laughs> like, yeah. we didn't want it, but we knew it was happening. I was like, they shouldn't have. We should not be getting the same match in the finals that we got at the beginning of the tournament, as well as we're getting the same match again in at, at the Tokyo Dome. It's like, who books this way? Who who but the only that thing, a good idea? The only thing that I've got, and I've as I mentioned, and I'm hosting about more of this on the final. I'm trying to see it through the eyes of the Wrestle Kingdom card. Now there are so many big matches. I there can... is. I'm. I'm sorry, Sanal. This is like the most WrestleMania backlash Wrestle Kingdom card of yeah. nothing but rematches. There's yeah. no fresh matches. But so that yeah, I saw that as well, and I see that. So, but aside, like you, you take off that the the names in those matches are massive. So while the tag titles are normally quite low down anyway. They are going to be even lower down. So they I feel, and this is just me saying this, I feel that they realize they're not going to get much time, so they can't have a new match to get people to... Because I I say tops, it's going to be a 15-minute match. 10, 15 minutes. If it's 10, 15 minutes, then there, there was one team that Bishamon should have challenged if they were going to win the World Tag League this year. The team that never lost the IWGP heavyweight tag team titles. You you have a partnership for a reason, Gato. You tell I Tony Khan, you tell Tony Khan to that they he cannot book Kyle Fletcher and Mark Davis for January 3rd. 
Or if it's, if, it's Mark, still. if Mark Davis is injured, give me Kyle Fletcher and Konosuke Takeshita versus Bishamon. I'd rather that than the same freaking match. I just saw a 40-minute match. This is the same thing I, I complained about with Shingo Takagi and Tama Tonga. You gave me a 28-minute match just to turn around and say, hey, we're going to see them at Wrestle Kingdom half the time. Great job. And now you give me a 40, 40-minute match. The longest World Tag League final of all time. And then at the end of the matchup, you say, yeah, we're going to do it again. What? But I genuinely think that, so someone put this on Twitter and I like, t- I 10 out of 10 agree that I think they had Aussie open for that because there was somebody said that Hiroki Goto has been teasing this like mad. And I think I've seen it in the post match. So there is one of two options and it's probably going to be the first. No, the second. First is Dungzilla's injured that they had to throw it out. Second is what, I like to complain about the unequal relationship between New Japan and AEW and Tony Khan. So New Japan were like, can we have Rousey Open, please, for the biggest show of our year? And Tony Khan was like, no, no. Tony Khan, Tony Khan, I can understand. I, I'm always here to be devil's advocate. And I can understand Tony Khan being like, I'm just up to a Brian Danielson with a broken orbital bone. John Moxley just to lose, and the Will Osprey who's still signed to me. I'm paying. I'm paying them more to go to your show than you're paying them for. Yeah, but then so so then basically Tony Khan was like, no. So then Gato was like, shit. Right. Well, we're fucked now. What are we gonna do? But then he saw the entire list and he was like, right. And then, and then someone else in the head office was like, right, sorry, no Aussie Open, we're demoting this tag team match at Wrestle Kingdom. And Gato's like, well, if it's not going to be that high, no one's actually going to be that buffered. And honestly, on the grand scheme of things, nobody probably will because they're going to put on a good match. It is going to blend in with it. And the tag teams, especially like, it, it depends, obviously. We've had big ones with like the big teams. But normally they are not what people come. They are the matches that people go, Oh, no, that was, like, a good match. Like, it was a very good match. But it's not going to be in one of the tops. And I think that's what Gato thought. He went, right, well, there's no point building up a brand new storyline that they're going to... You can't build up a new storyline in two shows. That would be the road to Wrestle Kingdom shows. So, you know what? Fuck it. Let's... We're phasing out the strong division anyway. Let's get it started in that way. I'm just having trouble with the fact, and we'll, we're going to talk about the, the matchup. I think we're more talking about the result. And yeah, did they the get the winners? The match, the, the match was great. It was great. They got they got 40 minutes, and it was entertaining. Told a great story with El Fantasmo in the early early on, trying to get uh, trying to get both men in the ring and kind of show himself, kind of show where he's at. And then uh, Bishamon taking out Hikaleo late with that big Shoto or off the apron through the table at oh, ringside and then the final the final like 10 5 10 minutes with El Fantasmo going against both guys was very compelling and had had the crowd on the edge of their seat reacting to all the big near falls when he hits the C2 when he takes out both guys with the with the uh Shoto at one point it was a great performance by ELP who what? was the MVP of the matchup what I liked as well is they showcased the naivety of the team. So, you know, that one moment where instead of ELP going on Hikaleo's shoulders, 
Hikaleo tried it. And that I think was quite nice storytelling because well, yes, because, like, because they they beat up uh ELP. He took the heat and yeah. he was too hurt to do the Thunder Kiss. And it showed, and then I guess this is something that hopefully they if Gato listens to some sort of sense, that they'll bring that move into Wrestle Kingdom and have them actually execute it properly. Yeah. But then he's yeah. Gato. So who knows what he'll do? I'm, you know, who I'm knows what Gato will do? What I'm holding out for. So there were teams that be Bishamon and G.O.D. We've seen multi-man tag matches at Wrestle Kingdom for the ti- for the tag titles. Maybe someone mm, has a so... very small chance, but maybe someone at Wrestle, I mean, at Road to Tokyo Dome is going to be like, hi. Um, Like, when I look at the B block of the World Tag League, I don't want any of those teams in this matchup. The better teams is in A block. TMDK, Bullet Club, War Dogs. Uh, the, those those teams I would like to see in the if we're gonna make it a multi man matchup. Any of the teams that that would have the opportunity to beat God or Bishamon in the B block outside of Suji and Zendiko. Monster Sauce. Uh... I liked Monster Sauce. I, I'm not. I'm not feeding for Monster Sauce to be in this matchup. Tai Chi and Uemura. Tai Chi and Uemura. Um. Just five guys. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. It didn't look. It didn't look like Uemura wanted to be there this whole tournament. To be honest with you, he kind of he kind of looked disinterested or bored. I so, feel I feel like Tai Chi was more invested in that tag team. Yeah, yeah, like did not it it looked it looked it, honestly a couple of those shows Uemura looked like y'all brought me back for this. He was like, I, I'm better off singing with Joe Hendry in Impact. Yeah, right. Joe Hendry is a legend. He is okay. a legend. Like, come on, like I'd rather go do that. I was having fun in Impact. Why y'all brought me back and you don't even have a real plan for me? Uh, but yeah, it's 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 very confusing with that. With Gator why though, isn't it? I, I I just feel like because you know we started off the year with so much optimism to New Japan Pro Wrestling, be mainly because we saw this youth movement of mm-hmm. the stars of you know Shoto Amino coming back at the end of last year. Ren Narita was in the TV title final, and you know then you get Yoda Suji in like May come in come in and have this big reintroduction. They were trying new things with, you know, Zack Sabre Jr. giving him the platform with the TV title and making that something new for him to kind of be showcased as the best technical wrestler in the world. And then Sanada and the story they told in the New Japan Cup with him transferring over and evolving and then beating Okada to become IWGP World Heavyweight Champion. David Finley and him becoming in the Bullet Club, becoming Bullet Club a leader, becoming Never Openweight Champion, going to the finals of the of the new japan cup and it just seems like somewhere between the g1 and the second half of the year that whole optimism is gone because a lot of times we've seen that yes they are experimenting with a youth movement yes they are experimenting with underappreciated stars in new more prominent spots but they're always going to go back to the to the standard and like I feel like Bishamon winning this tournament for the third straight year is, I feel, the equivalent of what all of y'all told me y'all felt when Hiromu won his third 
that's a super junior. See, I, I feel know. nothing. I feel I nothing. I feel nothing for Bishamon. This does not feel like a huge accomplishment. This does not feel like a huge win. It just feels like the norm. SP3 is a Bishamon hater, guys. I am the Bishamon supporter. I will. You, I followed Bishamon. You know, I've been a Yoshihashi supporter from the days that no one gave a shit about Yoshihashi, okay? My guy has now won three tournaments. It's the first tournament they have won as champions, you know? You might not have felt anything, but I felt it. I felt it here, SP3. Same when, oh, I, when Hiromu won. Hey, hey, hey. Everybody would have felt it a lot more if ELP would have won that one. To be fair. I'd have felt to be that fair. To be fair, like, like, come on, like, they don't go all the way. They're not going all the way. Like, they're teasing, experimenting with the youth movement, but they're not going all the way with it. The Rewa Three Musketeers, their booking G1 and post-G1 has been not very good. We're going to get mm -hmm. into one of the moves that we'll see if if we agree with what they've done with one of the three uh rewa three musketeers uh the the integration of noah stars like kaito kiyomiya that didn't work out too well in the g1 in his bag he's shitting gato's bag so Gato we have not confirmed or denied that yet so new japan you let us know if, if kaito shitted in his bag and how they use that i don't i don't know but like I, I've heard people complain about Hiromu Takahashi as junior heavyweight champion. There's people that, you know, when the news came out that we well, we also got to talk about that during this show. I didn't even put that in the notes. Kashika Okada is about to be a free agent from uh, the yeah. end of January 2024. And you have a large majority of non-New Japan fans that are out there like, Okada should leave because he's done everything here and because that's been the norm of Okada in the main event scene and stuff like that. So, like, it feels like they are trying to put two feet in two different pools. Yeah. They're trying to still have their feet in the in the standard of the norm of Hiromu in the juniors, Okada in the main event, Bishamon as a tag team. That's what because we're always you know going to see. SPT, you know what? Believe in Bishamon. Believe in Bishamon. I am a Bishamon fan. I praised them all year. I gave them second place, best tag team of the year. And I said they had a strong argument for first place. I like Bishamon. But this them winning the tournament, yawn. Fucking and yawn. <laughs> like, like, that's how yawn I am about it. I am fucking tired. I was like, uh, like as soon as I saw that God and Bishamon were in the final, I was just like, "You could have, you could have done, you could have done this title versus title without them even facing. They could have been in two different blocks. Just Bishamon wanting the strong overweight titles back. I didn't need to see the match for fucking nearly an hour in this tournament through two matches. Two hey. matches. They went nearly an hour, and now you're saying, oh." They're gonna get this good 10 15 minute match in the dome. I don't care. Like I've seen it. I've seen it for an hour. <laughs> and that's SP3's got everything up his chest for Bishamon. Poor Bishamon. I'm I'm just saying, I don't think they got this one right. You think they no, did? I think there's a million and one other options that they could have had. But at the end of the day, what have we learned, SP3? It's Gato. You could, you know what? You say this, right? If you'd have said this earlier, oh, give us something new. You know what we'd have got? 
we would have got Evil and Yujiro as the winners. Which is and a don't perfect. Don't say that would have been bad. Don't worry, don't say that would have been better. No, I said that's a perfect segue into another big moment that happened <laughs> yeah. in World Tag League on the A Block final. Uh, well, prior to the A Block final, to the surprise of a lot of people, Ren Narita and Shoto Amino were eliminated from uh, from competition before the final night of A Block competition in the World Tag League, which put a lot of questions behind their final match in the A Block against House of Torture. The match started with uh, Shoto and Narita coming out. They get jumped by House of Torture in the entranceway. Uh, they isolate Shoto Amino. He fights back, tries to go for the tag for Red Narita, who comes up short and Crocodile arms him. He walks away. He uh, then gets into the ring. He rips off his strong style shirt, joins in a beatdown, nails Shoto Amino with a steel chair. And then he dons the very comfortable, the very alluring House of Torture shirt that has convinced three people throughout this tournament, including the Gates of Agony for two days, uh, to join the House to join the House of Torture. But now it's official. Red Narita is a member of the House of Torture, turning his back on Shoto Amino. His husband on his and, Man, Shoto, Ren Narita was such a good kid. He was only 26 years old before he started hanging out with the wrong people. So, now, what was your reaction to this? What does House of Torture have? Do they have, like, are they like the weirdos in the van with the sweets that, like, luring children to them? It's a cult. <laughs> the House of Torture are a cult. That is, that is all we can say because how the hell are you going to say you get... Show when show was at his well, not at his prime, but when show literally had the potential to be the top of the junior division. How are you gonna tell me you're gonna get Uncle Nobu when basically Uncle Nobu is Uncle Nobu, and now you're gonna get Ren, Ren, Ren Naria Ru ru ruining, ruining careers one, one person at a time. <laughs> oh, I, I don't. So when it happened, and this was, I think, the entire internet, we were like, for fuck's sake, why? But then we went. But the pro the sad thing is we needed a change from Naria and it seemed like this was the only thing. Because you're telling me he couldn't turn Jabada turned heel and didn't join a faction. But Narita, I think even with this heel turn, Narita is not strong enough to be by himself. The only thing that would have worked is both like oh, I'm trying to think of any other like thing. Narita could not stand on his own. He is not in any way. Shibata is Shibata. He could do it. For example, if we solve the chaos crisis by having Okada turn heel by himself, works fine. Okada can hold it by himself. I think, to be fair, any of the young lions, maybe except Suji, they could not stand on their own. But this is not a thing into the atmosphere to say Suji turns on Lij and then make. He could, but not yeah. yet. Yeah. Not yet. You you just put it out there. You just put it out there. You set us up for failure. Ren Narita was such a good kid. He had his whole career ahead of him. Why does he have to be in House of Torture? This, like, le legitimately, guys. Like, I understand there's people that's trying to be optimistic about this. And my good friend here, Sanal, is trying to be optimistic. And, say, and saying that, you know, there's, there's a good to this. He needed this and all this good stuff. But let's look at the track record. 
of pre-House of Torture, post-House of Torture. Pre-House of Torture, Evil was considered one of like the never open weight guys. He was a you guy know, he like, was a animal. He he was the guy that could have great matches with your Ishis. He can even bust out a great match with your Okadas and your Tanahashi. He just played a great bruising heel against those guys. He seemed on the rise. He even got cheers against Chris Jericho in, in what was not a great match. Um but yeah like like we don't he, talk he, about that. We don't talk about that. He 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 was he was on the rise and then he created House of Torture, and now people consider his matches change the channel worthy. They don't want to watch him, and he's considered a part. He's considered the leader of the worst faction, one of the worst factions in New Japan for wrestling history. Maybe, maybe in all of pro wrestling history. Maybe. Pre-House of Torture, Show was considered the future ace of the junior division. He was considered the new the Kushida oh, 2.0. People were saying he was good. He was Kushida 2.0 for a long time. He joins House of Torture. This man can't have a great match to kill himself. Like to, to save himself or kill himself, he cannot have a great matchup because now all he is is evil 2.0. Makes me sad. Makes me sad as a Rapongi 3K girl. Free House of Torture. Dick Togo was a punchline. And post House of Torture, he's still a punchline. Yeah, um, Dick Togo <laughs> changed nothing. It's still Dick Togo, isn't it? He's still Dick Togo. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Dick. I'm sorry, you're still Dick. Um, <laughs> free House of Torture, Yoshinabu Katamaru. He was on the doing the thing. He was on Uncle Nobu. Now he's our now he's our broke ass uncle who hangs out with guys smoking cigarettes behind a gas station. A and then free house of torture, Yujiro Takahashi. With Yujiro Takahashi. Post house of torture. Unless, unless, unless you want to go right back to no limit, Yujiro Takahashi. I don't no, think there's anything Yujiro. we can say, you know. He was still Yujiro. Like 15 years ago, was it no limit? He's still Yujiro. Still yeah, Yujiro, yeah. Yujiro, Yujiro will never I mean the fact he's still in New Japan and he has some he has some hold over that company he's been there he don't put on I cannot remember the last Yujiro match that I've sat and gone wow that's great Yujiro Peter's not even there anymore what's the well, point there's, there's no reason to have him here you literally are having him here to be in the worst faction How's the torture? I, you know, I, I am for. I think it was a good thing for Ren Narita to turn heel. I don't know if it was a good thing for him to join the House of Torture. It's but, very similar. It's very similar to my feelings about David Finley. Oh, yeah, I thought yeah, that yeah. it was very wise for David Finley to turn heel. I thought it was also very wise for David Finley to join the Bullet Club. I did not think it was a good idea for David Finley to be the leader of the Bullet Club. So what would this? We spoke about this earlier before this thing. It is the in, the astute lack of heel factions that is causing this issue, because for anything in the world, when we had Suzuki Gun as heels, the ideal thing would have been Ren Narita to join Suzuki Gun as a heel. Obviously, he was obviously with Suzuki and Despy, but that was his baby face strong style. Who again, weird ass faction in Hontai. Really, I think it's just done. Suzuki. Now it's yes. done. Suzuki and Despy were just chilling. They were like, we want to stay together, but like, let's just try and find someone else. So it looks like we have friends. You know, now they're trying to bring Nagata and Wato into it. It's been a weird thing. But 
And then we have the weird ones. So obviously the Empire would have, they started as heels. The problem is people love the Empire too much. So they had to transition to baby faces or at the most tweeners. TMDK with Zack could never have been a heel faction because it's Zack Sabre Jr. So now you have two heel factions, but they're the same faction. No, no, they're two different factions apparently because we never got specified that. Or no, okay, we never got... While New Japan has never been very strict with the heel baby facing, because like New Japan have the tweeners and it's saying this is probably the time where we've seen the least amount of heel, so the least amount of options. Because Narita needed a big change, which meant a heel turn, not her going to LIJ and suddenly becoming a luchador, not going to chaos and suddenly like not giving a shit and then turning on chaos because that's what everyone does with chaos um not going to the empire like do you know what i mean there's no op there was no options for him and that's the sad thing yeah he, he needed to join a faction i had i had just rather like strong style turn heel that would have worked but not in the context that what happening now so you've seen suzuki albeit not properly make some sort of men's with nagata he shitted on him the whole tournament and then oh, yeah. oh, <laughs> and then obviously despi and hiromu we've got that coming up and i think now i almost think it would be it would take a hell of a lot to turn despi heel because yeah. too many people yeah he's very popular i mean he's on my wall like when i met despi that was one of the best things of my life even i like to be fair i like despi's heel but you know what i mean like Suzuki and Nagata are at this stage, not Suzuki, Suzuki and Despi are at this stage now, that they are too loved to be heels in like that capacity. Suzuki can go around like still being a heel and beating people up, but he will still be loved for it. He's beloved. He's a beloved. He's the beloved murder granddad. <laughs> the beloved murder granddad. That's that's uh, Minoru Suzuki yeah. to a T. Ren Narita, find better friends. Yeah, um, I know you must have. He, he went through a tough breakup and decided to turn emo. He decided <laughs> to smoke cigarettes with his friends. He yeah, wanted to giving him what he wanted. He kept losing. He was like, Right, this is a one sided relationship. I'm going to leave. And then Evil and Dick Togo were there with their, with their, like, their cigarettes. And they were like, Come to us. We can give you much more. <laughs> <laughs> and Naria saw the smoke and he was like, yes, please. It distracted him. It, it confused him. Uh, but we'll see how this works out with Ren Narita. It looks like we're going to get Ren Narita versus Shoto Aminu at, uh, at Wrestle Kingdom or maybe a multi-man matchup. Is he going to change his, his um, ring gear? Because today he still had that black shitting trunks on. They need to go. Put him in some pants. You know, put him in some purple, black and silver cosplay pants to match with the rest of them i think they're waiting waiting for wrestle kingdom by then <laughs> that or they've got the designer on the phone they're like where is the gear they're like right we need the gear <laughs> the designer's like right right if you're gonna have a big change like this i'm not doing it on some goddamn house show you're waiting for wrestle kingdom his, his only debuts at the dome uh but yes we'll see how this works out we'll see what matchup we get added to wrestle kingdom and of course we're going to give you our preview for wrestle kingdom to end off this episode but first 
It is time for our final year-end awards for New Japan Pro Wrestling. If you missed it on our last edition of the Ace Deckers podcast. How dare you? How dare you miss it? How dare That's you? Awesome. Go, pause this right now and go back and listen to it. Okay, welcome back. Um, <laughs> welcome back. Uh, so, yes, we talked about Tag Team of the Year on that one. Uh, did we talk about Show of the Year? No, I don't, I don't think, think we did. So no. that's what we're going to start with. Why not? Let's start with best major show of 2023. And it's very difficult because mm. you have your, your Japanese shows. So the mainline Japan shows for New Japan this year were Wrestle Kingdom 17, Wrestle Kingdom 17 Part 2. You had New Beginning in Sapporo Night 1, New Beginning in Sapporo Night 2. New beginning in Osaka. You had the New Japan Cup. No, you had uh, the anniversary show. New Japan Cup final. Uh, you had Sakura Genesis. Wrestling, Wrestling Dentaku Dominion. Uh, G1, G1 final. Destruction in Kobe. Destruction, destruction in, in Ryugoku. Huh? There was destruction in Beppu as well. There was a destruction in Beppu? Was it? I swear there was. I was like, no. I been wrong. No, I am I am almost 100% sure it was destruction in Kobe and destruction in Ryogoku this year. Those were the main shows. Where have I got Beppu from then? Because they usually do that. I know they usually do that. I do. I have heard that before, but I don't. I didn't hear that this year. Um, uh, and then you got power struggle and we'll consider world tag league final and we'll uh, if we're going to consider world tag league final we also got to throw in best of super junior final mm -hmm. in there as well so those are like 14 shows from just japan alone and then you also got the new japan strong shows where we had battle in the valley collision in uh washington dc capital collision collision in philadelphia we had resurgence we had, I guess you can count Forbidden Door since that's a yeah. co promotional show. You also had All Together, uh, that was a co promotional show. You also had, I'm trying to think of anything else in the US. You had uh, Multiverse United Part One, Multiverse United Part Two. You had uh, the All Star Junior Festival, uh, that was one in Japan and one in the US. You also had uh, Lone, Stars, Lone Star Shootout. You had Fighting Spirit Unleashed. And I believe that is finally all of the shows from New Japan Pro Wrestling in 2023. Please remind me if I think I forgot something because I'm pretty sure I did. Oh, New Japan Strong also counts Independence Day, night one and two well, in Japan. We had, we, had, we had Royal Quest as well. Royal Quest in the UK. See, I knew I was going to forget something. Uh, but yes, that's a lot of shows for that you to pick sense. from. But we need your top three for 2023. Sanal, go ahead. Right. So number three, this is like the show itself was like fine, but it's personal in it. Royal Quest, just because like that was, for me, it was an amazing day in general. Like I got to meet some of my favorite wrestlers. The atmosphere was great. Um, also, there was like a lot of shit on that show because obviously 
it wasn't as full as other ones because obviously New Japan decided to announce it literally just after the AW show, which was obviously the Rev Pro show as well. But personally, like compared to other Royal Quests, like I liked the card. Like they didn't do it what they did in 29, no, 2022, where they had two nights. So there wasn't any like massive fillers and stuff. I feel like everyone was excited for every match. So yeah, people were hating on it, but I enjoyed it. You know, it's a great day. Final two matches were fantastic. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like there was some really good storytelling in it and like the main, yeah, the two main events were just phenomenal in general. The second one, I feel like there's so many. You know, when you have so many shows and you're like, and it's like, do I want to pick this one or that one? Like, it's difficult. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna eliminate Forbidden Door for my head because yeah. I, I want to, I want to give it to proper New Japan shows. So that's, I'm, that's my one caveat. Oh, I'll say ahead of time. I have like one in mind, but I'm trying to figure out if I want it to be first or second. I'll give you. I'll give you my three. All right. Yeah, so yeah, number, I was gonna say number <laughs> number three for me, Wrestle Kingdom seventeen. Uh, absolutely enjoyed that show. I think that was like the first show the of the year for me to review, and that was the first time I reviewed a show with Sanal. So that was great to watch, great to review it, great to look back on it. I still have to go back and watch uh, a couple other matches from this show, but I'll always remember this show for one of the greatest matches I've ever seen in my life: Will Osprey versus Kenny Omega. Uh, still probably top two or one for match of the year even though we are now 12 months later i will still hold that match up close in my heart and there was a lot of other great matches on the show like leo versus cash 2-2 i thought ftr versus bishamon was very underrated you also had uh the the great main event with jay white and kashiko okada uh the oh, four no, way don't make me emotional today. The, the four-way. The four-way for the junior heavyweight championship and Watomania running wild and Mercedes Monet debuting. This felt like this felt like a mainstream big time show. And it felt like Wrestle Kingdom had the Wrestle Kingdom vibes back after two years where it didn't always feel like that. So then number three for me. I am I have a bunch of different shows in my head that I'm tossing around, but the one that kind of stands out the most for me, I'm going to go with Power Struggle. That's, Man, that's one of the ones that I'm trying to, like, decide. It was between Power Struggle and Dominion. Dominion was yeah. another fantastic show. That's, like, an honorable mention for me because it had the Mastawato and Aromu match, had Love the best stuff. the best of the Okada, Ishii, Tadahashi trios matches with Blackpool Combat Club and Shoto Aminu. You had the Brian Danielson challenging for Wrestle Kingdom. That I mean, for, for Forbidden Door. Awesome. Yeah. Yes. They, that, that pot for Brian was ridiculous. And then uh, the main event was great with uh, Yoda Suji showing out against Sonata. So that was very close for me. But Power Struggle kind of gets the edge because of the main event. 
of Osprey mm-hmm. and and Shoto Amino. That was probably one of the best matches of the year for New Japan Pro Wrestling. One of the best matches of Osprey's phenomenal year that he had this year. You also had another great trios matchup with Okada Ichi and Tanahashi versus TMDK. You got yeah that match on that card. So yeah, that was a lot of great stuff. Hiromu and uh, Taiji Shimori. A lot of the setup for Wrestle Kingdom was on the show as well. So I'll go with Power Struggle at number two. But number one for me, this was not a debate. Everything else, every other spot was a debate for me. But like the one New Japan show that I think stood out the most for me, and I think I said it at that time, Mm -hmm. and it stayed with me now seven months later, is Sakura Genesis. Sakura Genesis just had a different feeling for me of you had Sonata beating Okada which was a big surprise Mm -hmm. to a lot of people had the best New Japan Pro Wrestling tag team match of the year with Aussie Open beating Bishamon to become the IWGP tag team champions you had uh, yes, we miss you, Asuka. We uh, Hiromu Takahashi and Robbie Eagles was tremendous. And my, one of my favorite three ways of the year, Mercedes Martin, Mercedes Monet <laughs> versus Azumi versus Hazuki. That was spectacular and mm-hmm. really put those stardom women on another level. So, yeah, Sakura Genesis is my show, my New Japan best major show. Throwing, throwing me off that. I forgot about Sakura Genesis show. Right. Okay, so I've got Royal Quest. And again, everyone's going to be a hater on that. But this was personal. Like, this had a personal feel to it. Also, I randomly met NK at the end, which was like a bizarre thing, you know? Awesome. That's, that's what you call, that's what you call Ace Tekka's fate. Now on, so now you mentioned, yeah. So number two is Sakura Genesis. I forgot about that show. But yeah, the there was like not one match that really just didn't hit. And, like, the main matches were phenomenal. Obviously, Sonada. Robbie Eagles does not get enough credit for his matches. Like, the guy is phenomenal, whether he's doing the single stuff or even what he was doing with Fujita in Super Junior Tag League. Like, I just think from start to end, it was a phenomenal show. And it's hard, especially so early, because you're just in the aftermath of, like, the New Japan Cup and stuff. But they managed to hold their own and have everything. Number one is the one thing, yeah, it's um power struggle because of that. Sh- that show to Umino and Will Ospreay match, one of my favorite matches of the year, just because the emotion in it, the storytelling, it was just it was amazing to watch. And the fact that we'd seen how far because Shota came back, and I admit, I was a critic of it, I thought they're pushing him too early, he's not doing he's not living up to his potential. But this match showcased why this future of New Japan is safe hands because he put on not just a wrestling, an amazing wrestling match, but he told an amazing story. So, yeah, that's my top three. I like that top three as well. And let us know if you're seeing this post and you're listening to this on social media or wrestling. Let us know your top three best major shows from New Japan Pro Wrestling this year. But we got three more topics to discuss here and give us your give you our top three. One will give a top five. Oh, oh. Hit. that'll be the last one. But next we got Gato Blunders. Gato is Gato. A, a, sometimes a good booker. 
a lot mm -hmm. of the times a frustrating one. So we're going to name the times that Gato has frustrated or committed blunders throughout the year of 2023. Can so we not my make top, top 10 list? Can we not make it a top oh, 10 we, list? We could, we could probably make a top 10 list. I'll, I'll leave that for your channel, Sanal's Life. Go to <laughs> youtube.com forward slash Sanal's Life. Uh, but we'll give you the top three for me here. Number three. IWGP Women's Championship. Oh, yeah. Uh, that's all I have to say. I don't, I don't even need to explain that one. I don't even need to explain that one. Like Mercedes Monet was a good choice, and it got a lot of eyes on the championship, but you made it very clear you had no plans for that title after Mercedes. After Mercedes, it was, it was a wrap. We have not seen Mayu Iwatani on not, uh, not a one, not a one New Japan show since she won at Stardom All-Star Grand Queendom. And that is a damn shame because Mayu Iwatani is amazing. Number two for me, the complete fumble of the best story in New Japan this year, Okada versus the kids, because he didn't put Okada in the A block of the G1. And I said this in freaking July when the block came out. And here we are five months later. And I'm still utterly baffled by that decision. Because it still does not make any sense of why Okada wasn't in the same block as Kaito Kiyomiya, as Shoto Amino, Ren Narita, Yoda Suji. It just made all the sense in the world with the story they were telling. And we have yet to go back to that story. So it's a fumble of that story. But number one. We all know. I think I know. And I'd be shocked if it isn't that one. You should have done the Suji shock. You should have yeah, done the it. Suji shock. Because Sonata's title run was a flop. To Sonata's title run you tried. But you flopped it, and it would have meant so much more, and you would have been credited for one of your best booking decisions if you put the ball in one of your musketeer's hands, and the best one to do it at that time was Yoda Suji. So those are my top three Gato blunders of 2023. There's so many. I'm like, I can't. Right, so this, I'm going to probably, like, do this, and then I'm going to come back and be like, what the fuck's going on? Like, Summer, why did you do this? Number three is Finley as Bullet Club leader. Just the whole process of everything happening in terms of, like, from the very start when he decided to beat Jay White up to state dominance, but then Jay White left to go to AW but still took on the Bullet Club banner, to, like, his really lackluster cosplay outfit to the fact that he is being outshone by Gabriel Kidd in bucket loads you said like oh Finley and Bullet Club like was fine it's just thing he needed his new his own faction he needed something that he could state his identity I've said this on probably every podcast we've spoken about Finley he needs to not be anyone else stop being fit Finley's son stop being Jay White's friend stop being another leader he needed to be somebody new you fumbled it, man. We needed Finley to turn heel, but we needed him to turn heel in his own way. Number two. I love Sonata. He's on my wall, but I, even I agree. They have, like, dropped the ball with it. They started quite well, but the problem with this, not just 
that they should have given it to a new guy, the opponents that Sonata has had. We've discussed this. There is not really anyone that big. We've had returners, Hiromu, so junior heavyweights. Sonata, I think, has been perfectly fine as a champion, like in terms of himself. Like the crowd seem to dig him, blah, blah, blah. He sends them home happy, switches his light off. I think we've discussed his personality has not seemed to change at all. He's still like I will say that when Yeah, when I met him though, he did seem a lot more animated this time. But I don't know if it's because he remembered me. So maybe that's why. Maybe we're like bestie now. But that's that was a fumble. And the first fumble, it's linked to your fumble, but it's a more general fumble. Just generally knew what New Japan did with Kaito Kiyomiya. Not even, not even like oh, why Okada wasn't in the box. Just generally everything that went on with his involvement. It started so well. Then we had him getting beaten by Hikaleo in the G1. And didn't even mention the, the, how he got freaking routed at the Muda grand finale by yeah. Okada. So that's the thing. And like, as someone who I've never watched Noah fully, never, like, I obviously watched shows, the big shows. And then when I had Wrestle Universe, I watched it. But Kaito Kiyomiya is someone that I have known for years. I've followed for years. And he was always put as the ace of Noah, the rising star. And he came to New Japan and I was like, this is this is as good. If I can't get Takeshita in New Japan, I've got Kiyomiya. I've got one of my guys. And I, and, and, and yo, we joke. We joke that Kaito Kiyomiya, Kiyomiya shit in Gato's bag. But generally, I want to know what that poor boy has done to Gato to have, like... I, I have to admit, he's made the best of it. So in the World Tag League, him and Oiwa, I really like that. I like that Kiyomiya has taken a senpai role in Oiwa. And I want to praise New Japan for how they're now... They've changed the way they've approached excursions, you know, by bringing them back in legacy. I appreciate that. But as a former champion, as a former... Like, as the ace of Noah, the guy that everyone knows, God... How do you drop the ball on that? Yeah. And the feud yeah. with Okada, you have the... I always said that, oh, like, I like to joke about, like, parallels. I like to say that, like, Kiyomiya is the Okada of Noah, like, back when he came back. So why are you going to put this perfect feud and then just give us absolutely nothing? Dust. Nothing at all. Could have had them in the same block of the G1, like... Oh, it still, it still hurts me. It still hurts me. Like you know, what? I just like at this point, I just want to go to kill me and be like, it's okay. You know, one day when me and SP3 and NK take over as bookers of New Japan, we will book you great. We will book you superbly, unlike this <laughs> guy. All right, but to be fair and to be even, I wasn't gonna do this, but I think it's it's fair enough that we should name the top three best booking decisions by uh, Gato this year. Uh, I would say honorable mention, putting the the, the TV title on uh, Zack Sabre Jr. But how is that an honorable mention? How honorable is that Because he's had, he's had some real big hits this year. Like, I don't think, I don't think we're, we're, we're okay. You know what? Yeah, you're right. Zack Sabre Jr. is oh, number. Oh, Zack Sabre Jr. Sabre Jr. as TV champion is number three for me because yeah, it's elevated him. I thought that oh, you know, I when he won the championship, it made sense because he could play the William Regal role, but I did not think he would be this great at it. 
And he has taken it and made it his own and made it a prestigious championship and set the record for uh, most title defenses. No, it's not that. It's the most winningest champion. You need to use the words that Chris Charlton always does. The most winningest. I'm I'm good. I'm good. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But number two for me, I am going to go with the best of the Super Juniors tournament. Because I heard some people tell me this year that they didn't like it. It was too packed into two weeks. I fucking love that shit. I woke up every day and I got woken up by some spectacular wrestling and like the way that all these guys were booked. I felt like multiple guys got elevated whether it was Speedball beating Hiromu in Kurgan Hall instantly making him a star in in New Japan. Leo Rush becoming beloved in Japan and instantly becoming a guy that I saw as an IWGP junior heavyweight champion. Teton making it to the finals and beating Hiromu in that last stretch. Akira having the best match of his career against El Desperado. And then finally it was Watto who nobody called winning this. Watto Mania return and he wins the whole tournament. That was one of the best book tournaments Gato has ever produced since I've been watching New Japan Pro Wrestling. Mm -hmm. But number one because I am nothing but non-bias, number one is the build to Sonata winning the world championship. <laughs> because if, if I'm gonna if I'm gonna criticize him not changing, making the title change when he should have. I have to give him credit for he actually made Sonata into a viable contender and then followed through on it with him beating Okada. And like I said, it was just a different feel after Sakura Genesis. And a lot of that was how well he executed the build and then completing the story for Sonata. So Sonata's build and journey chase to winning the IWGP Heavyweight Championship is the best thing Gato booked in 2023 mine is pretty much i feel like sp3 knows like it's pretty much mine but like in a different order and it's just because of like my so number three would be the sonata everything with sonata i think not the title win the just five guys move because i think and i know at the moment they're not really showing it but i think just five guys was the perfect thing that at the time especially new japan needed they needed this really tight-knit faction taichi was getting over with the fans doki everyone bloody loves doki at the time obviously kanemaru it just it worked and it felt like for the first time sonada found a family because he always seemed in lij to like stick out a bit you know lij is one of those where i mean apart from hiromu who Hiromu is basically like everyone. Hiromu is that little, who's the son who brings everyone together. But Sonata never really fit into LIJ in that sense. Like he never had a close bond. Like when Evil left, especially, they tried putting him with different people for tag teams and it just didn't work. And it felt like the creation of just five guys, it could never have been a heel faction, which I'm glad because I think it worked. But I think that was a very good booking decision and to have that as the basis of Sonata. Number two, so while you said the best of Super Junior, I'm going to be more specific. Watomania. What? The way that Gato booked Wato in that tournament, I, I will forever be grateful because 
I have caught, I have said multiple times since he came back from excursion, it's not been great. But I have always been a believer of Watto. I have believed in the boy in blue. And Gato finally allowed Watto to show the world what most people knew. And he is phenomenal. He's a great wrestler. He has the right build. And I think what really helped him, and I think that's something that has really shown me like the importance of tag team, he's tag team with Taguchi. I feel like that was like, that was last year. So I can't really build that. But that whole like having him with Taguchi really helped him for that best of Super Junior, I think. Because, yeah, he got rid of Tenzan. <laughs> do you remember that? Uh, uh, unfortunately, uh, yes, I do remember his partnership. Once Swato sort of like swiped off um, Tenzan and went to Taguchi and found a new person. Because Taguchi, at the end of the day, yeah, he's fun. But he's still one of the best wrestlers. He is multiple time out of GP Junior Champion, multiple time Junior Tag Champion, and it really helped. And while at number one, SP3 was almost going to leave him out as an honorary mention, my number one booking is the booking of the television title and the Prime Minister in our hearts, Zack Sabre Jr. Because honestly, when that belt was introduced, we thought it was going to be a King of Pro Wrestling Part 2. However, it has been anything but that. This Whoever came up with this 15-minute time limit, I want to say thank you because New Japan has always been quite strict with time limits. We know this tournament stuff for G1, they even reduced it to 20. But this 15-minute tournament, I mean, 15-minute time limit has been phenomenal. It has pushed all the wrestlers to their limit. The guys who are known for their slower-paced matches have had to speed it up. Zach has been on the brink. He has had draws. He has had wins. And it's just, it's so diverse. And in a place where, yes, there are so many tiles in New Japan, this one has stood out for the right reasons. And he's taken it global. He's taken it global. He's taken it from the youngest to the older members of the roster. It's really just an all-round title that they have booked really well. Absolutely. So well-deserving of your number one spot. We got two more to go through, but we'll do these faster now. For MVP of New Japan Pro Wrestling, we've said a lot about these people, but it's easy. This is one that's easy for me. No, Number no, he's no, no. I've he's gone now. No, I've got no. He's off my list now. He was gonna be number one. It's easy. Yeah. It's easy for me. <laughs> Uh, honorable mention, though, the person that I wanted to include on the Gato booking top three, Kashika Okada. I think that this the the booking of him, his use in this year, he's elevated the never open weight championship. He's been out of the world title scene, but he's always still in a prominent spot on cards, and he's been helping he's, out these titles. Do you not think he's thrived not having the pressure of the title, but still having a prominent spot with another? Like I feel like I, I think I would have said he thrived if they would have finished Okada hates kids story. <laughs> Yeah, no, that's true. But I mean, in terms of like the never title, like who'd have thought a few years ago that that would be the center of Okada's 2023, but he's thriving off it. Bloody shocker. It is. It is. So he gets my honorable mention call, but my top three, number three, Hiromu Takahashi, 
arguably the best reign he's ever had as the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Champion. About to set the record. Had a great year, full of great matches with Robbie Eagles, El Desperado, Master Wado. Uh, the, the list goes on and on of great matches with Yo and Leo Rush, Speedball Mike Bailey, Teton. This guy killed it, especially the first half of the year, even with matches against Sonata outside the juniors. He was great throughout the year, so he gets number three. Number two, I'm going to surprise you. What? Will Osprey at Ooh, number two. Ma! Will Osprey at I'm number two now. because this man has had great matches for not just New Japan. He's had great matches all over the place to the point that even before he signed with an AEW contract, on some of these shows when he just appears on it, it feels like Will Osprey and not a New Japan for wrestling top star. It feels mm-hmm. like just a top star in the industry. It feels like Will Ospreay's on the show. There's one guy that was on multiple shows that always felt like he was a New Japan star. And this is how I repay him for giving him a low spot on the last one. Zack Sabre Jr. is my MVP for New Japan Pro Wrestling's mm-hmm. year. Because when he went to AEW, when he went to Impact Wrestling last night at Impact Resolution, when he or Final Resolution, when he went anywhere, he had the New Japan banner on his shoulder in the TV title. He always felt like he was a New Japan guy. And he deserves to be elevated to that type gaijin spot because of the work he put in with spectacular matches against Tom. Tom Lawler, Tomori Ishii, Speedball Mike Bailey, Shoto Aminu at Sakura Genesis. That was the one match I didn't mention that was great on that show. But Zack Sabre Jr., my MVP for 2023. My honorable mention, um, Gabriel Kidd. That guy, the Gabriel Kidd has 10 out of 10. (laughs) Made me laugh, made me in awe. If anyone hasn't seen it, so this is ahead of the Rev Pro Show coming up. Gabriel Kidd and Will Ospreay had an Instagram live and it was the most British argument I have ever seen. This guy, he knows how to commit to a match inside and outside. So honorable mention for Gabriel Kidd. Number three. You know what? It's because he betrayed me. Will Ospreay at number three. (laughs) (laughs) That's ridiculous. You know, he could have been higher if he'd have just stayed. You know, and they would have just stayed, buddy. You know what? There's gonna be a lot of people complaining, but you know what? I am only human, and and human people get hurt, and I was hurt. So Osprey goes number three. He has been phenomenal. I've seen him in match after match. He is awesome. He's literally probably one of the like he's probably had one of the best years. Sound number three though, because broken my heart. You know, he's like bye. Can't, can't go breaking my heart now. Yeah, you know. Number two, Kazuchika Okada. It is, I, I love Hiromu, but I feel like Hiromu has almost had, like, although it's been his best reign, it's still a Hiromu reign. I feel like Okada has given us so much new stuff this year. Not new, but it's in, like, it's a change from what we've seen in the past. We've had dick Okada, we've had aggressive Okada, we've had Okada being the middle ground between Tanahashi and Ishii. Seen him elevate a title... Because Tanahashi and Ishii have had never titles before. So Tana's had the singles title. Ishii has had the singles. And I think he's done tag. Okada has brought this newfound 
attention to the never six-man titles that we have hardly seen. Like, who, I, keep, I said this earlier, who would have thought three years ago that you'd say Okada is dealing with the never titles and is making them shine? You wouldn't. I just think that Okada is proving that he doesn't need to be right at the top to still be at the top, if that makes sense. And yeah, number one is Mr. Zack Sabre Jr., for reasons that SP3 has said, he always fl- he always flies the New Japan banner so well. If I want to, I remember I was speaking to a friend of mine who she knows nothing about New Japan, and I said, I'm going to send you a match to watch. And I sent her one of Zack's match. I actually sent her Zack Sabre Jr. versus Speedball Mike Bailey. Because for me, for anyone who is not a wrestling fan, and I want to show them what I love about it, I'm going to show Zack Sabre Jr., because he is the perfect hybrid, especially in the recent years. He has adapted his style. He's not he's no longer just the bendy wendy man. He adapts his style to his opponents. And he has made this belt that is still kind of ugly. But he has made it one of the top belts in wrestling. Because he has given it so much prestige and has been a fighting champion. Indeed he has. And then finally, our final year-end award for 2023 match of the year so that is the one i said we can pick five not to make it too tough where you you could pick five i don't i'm not gonna do any big explanations because we're low on time here i just put out my five here number five royal quest osprey versus zach saber jr number four g1 final kashika okada versus tensuya naito number three G1 semifinals, Will Ospreay versus Tensuya Naito. Number two, Will Ospreay versus Shoto Amino, Power Struggle. And number one, Kenny Omega versus Will Ospreay, Russell Kingdom 17. Yes, Ospreay gets four out of five spots. And honorable mention for me, Masawato versus Teton from the Best of the Super Junior Final. Uh, Suji versus Osprey from Destruction in Kobe, as well as Okada versus Shingo from New Beginning in Osaka. Those are my honorable mentions. What's your five for the match of the year, Sanal? All right, so this one, a lot of this is more personal. So it might not be everyone's favorite matches, but these are the ones I think. So number five is Master Wato versus Hiromu. So an odd pick, but... So like you said, an honourable mention for Wato versus Tijan, I think the match against Hiromu really cemented how far Wato has come as a wrestler. Like nobody would have expected the boy in blue to be the best of Super Junior win and having a big match. Phenomenal. Naito versus Okada at number four for the G1. That was a beautiful piece of storytelling, just worked really well. Number three, Zack Sabre Jr. versus Osprey. Again, I was there in person, had a special place in my heart. I thought it was phenomenal. Number two, Naito versus Osprey. Just it speaks for itself. It was an amazing match. And number one, Will Osprey versus Shota Umino. That match for me, it was a perfect collection of wrestling and storytelling. But I want honorable mentions for um Catch 2-2's matches. Pretty much like just a lot of their matches and all like. I just an honorable mention for Catch 2 2. 
He, we mentioned them last week. They got tag team of the year from us. They'll be fun. Yeah, but they, they, they got they got honorable mention for their matches. Our first Ace Techers tag team of the year. Cast you too. Yeah. All right. So now let the people know where they can follow you on social media before we wrap things up. Talking about Wrestle Kingdom 18. The floor is yours. Yeah. So as always, you can follow me at, on Twitter at wrestling underscore chat. I will, whenever I can watch shows live, I will, and I will be live tweeting, especially coming up to Wrestle Kingdom. And obviously, uh, you can follow me and subscribe at Sonos Life on YouTube. So I've got the World Tag League review out. But in the next week or so, I'm going to have a two-part introduction to New Japan video. So looking at everything from the divisions, the factions, the layout, the shows, and just everything you need as a new japan fan and also my own 2023 new japan review so yeah make sure to subscribe to the first people to know about it booyah and you can follow me on the twitter machine at true hill sp3 go over to the true hill heat wrestling youtube channel thank you so much for anyone who's listening who supported us over there we just hit eleven thousand subscribers so appreciate all the love and support and we'll have up a new japan for wrestling world tag league final review with myself and jay news this week as well as at the end of the month we got uh videos list videos for new japan pro wrestling we got a a top 10 matches of the year from new japan pro wrestling plus i have something in the works as far as a tier list for new japan pro wrestling for 2023 so check that out the true hill heat youtube channel but wrestle kingdom 18 is coming up january 4th and yes guys this is our final episode of 2023 and yes ace techers is moving to monthly podcasts starting in 2024 well starting this month really starting this month uh to get you ready for 2024 we're switching to monthly podcasts so you won't hear us bi-weekly you'll hear us you once know that means sp3 that means there is no excuse for you to say i have no time to listen to ace techers because you really only need just one episode a month you can split it every day if you need to you'll be fine just split it up and listen to us on your morning drive your morning walk with the kids to, to school all of that good stuff but yes Wrestle Kingdom 18. We're gonna we're gonna recap that show on our first episode of 2024. So we got the preview. So we're gonna do rapid fire predictions to end things off here. And we'll start with the World Tag League final winner, Bishamon. They'll be defending the IWGP Heavyweight Tag Team Championships against the G.O.D., El Fantasmo, and Hikaleo, who are putting up their strong openweight tag team titles. So who will be the undisputed tag team champions of New Japan on January 4th? I have ELP and Hikaleo. Shockingly, because I feel like Bishamon have had a very good run with this title. But I think if we're going to push the new ones, ELP... I still think ELP should be on the list along with Zack Save Jr. as a potential Osprey replacement as like top foreign talent. I got ELP and Hikaleo as well. You got Tamatanga challenging for the Never Openweight Championship against Shingo Takagi. They are currently 1-0-1 in favor of Shingo, who picked up the victory at Fighting Spirit Unleashed, who wins at the Tokyo Dome. I have Shingo for that because I've said I think the Never title needs some consistency and Shingo is the epitome of Never. I'm going with Shingo as well. 
NJPW World Television Championship up for grabs. Zack Sabre Jr. will defend against Hiroshi Tanahashi. Can Zack make it one full year as TV champions and all? I think so. I think... I think that having Tanahashi in this match is just a case of let's get Tanahashi on the card, main card because everyone loves him. Though, I'm not going to be a hater if Tanahashi wins because I do love Tanahashi, but the right thing is to have him have Zach have it for at least a year and then maybe the one after the year just so he can be like, I won it at Wrestle Kingdom and now I've defended it past Wrestle Kingdom. And then he can lose it to like a baby. Hey, you got to get 20 defenses. That's what I say. Uh, you got Super Junior Tag League winners 2023, Francisco Akira and TJP catch 2-2, challenging the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Tag Team Champions, Clark Connors and Jilla Maloney. The Bullet Club War Dogs does catch 2-2, regain the gold here. Yeah, I mean, I love catch. I think they're phenomenal. I think the storytelling that happened during Super Junior Tag League with TJP's like, I don't care about the title. I just want to be, I think this will lead to something. Also, I've not mentioned this and I might have done. After the whole thing with Osprey, who he was announced to go AW, TJP said some interesting stuff on Twitter about like to do with the faction and stuff. So I wonder if that might link to something. Well, I know Gray O'Conn has come out and said that Osprey is going to still be in United Empire and United Empire is starting an AEW chapter. I didn't hear what what TJP had to say as far as that. Um, but as far as the uh, Zack Sabre Jr. and Tanahashi, I got ZSJ there. And the tag team title match, I'll take, yeah, I'll take Cash 2 to, to regain the titles. IWGP Junior Heavyweight Tag, uh, Junior Heavyweight Championship, Hiromu Takahashi makes his eighth defense of the gold against El Desperado. Does Hiromu's legendary reign continue, all? I'm, I'm sort of gutted because it's against Despy and I love Despy, but we need this reign to legendarize, that's not even a word, to make Hiromu a legend. Because he already is, but this will cement it if he can beat Liger. Yeah, it will cement him as the greatest IWGP heavyweight champion of all time. So that's why I'm going with Hiromu to get to 11, whatever 11 defenses or whatever it is. Uh, IWGP US UK or something else heavyweight championship will be up for grabs in a three-way matchup. Will Osprey is considered the current champion, but we're going to get a new title as he will face John Moxley of AEW in the Blackpool Combat Club and the leader of the Bullet Club War Dogs, David Finley. Who do you think wins and all? I think it's, I have Finley for ages, right? But then I'm like, that's just such predictable booking, especially like, because obviously they announced Osprey. So what if they're trying to like, be like, psych? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, maybe it's it's uh, like they still have Osprey for another month after WrestleMania. Yeah, and then so he loses it after that. So you know what? I'm changing it. I'm going for Osprey. I'm gonna stick with Finley because mm. it's Gato. Um, and the semi-main event we have a special singles matchup: Brian Danielson going one-on-one with the Rainmaker, Kashika Okada, the rematch from Forbidden Door where Okada broke the arm of the American Dragon. Their rematch in a tag team match with Orange Cassidy and Claudio Castanoli ended with Brian having a broken yeah. orbital bone. What will break? Who will win at the Tokyo Dome? Okada's going to win and he's going to break his um, leg. 
his kneecap i don't know that we should have that for that match we should specifically have winner and what's gonna be broken what will break i i also agree with you though okada has to get his win back <laughs> here sets up a bigger third matchup uh and then finally the main event if you don't ask kashiko okada it will be Tensuya Naito, the winner of the G1 Climax 33 tournament, challenging the IWGP World Heavyweight Champion and the longest IWGP World Heavyweight Champion in history, making his fifth defense of the title, Sanada. Does Naito finally get his moment, Sanada? Yeah. I, I kind of want him to win, because he said he don't care about that. I want him to win, chuck the title away, and just go, bye! Because that's he just wants a Wrestle Kingdom moment. So I literally want him to be like, because that'd be such a Naito thing. He's like, one, right, I don't give a shit about this title. And then, but so Sanada's like, oh, it's mine. And like, nah, nah, it's going to have another like battle at the New Japan Cup. He's like, I got a tote bag. That's going to be the title. He's like, the tote bag is all I need. This, that is the, I've got the tote bag. I've main evented Wrestle Kingdom. We're all good now. Bye. I have a tote bag and I've got a title. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's got to be Naito's moment. Uh, Sonata. You tried your best. We still love you. I still, I still love you. You're still my best friend. Um, that makes one of us. Uh, <laughs> good times. Well, yes, that is the preview for NJPW Wrestle Kingdom 18. We will be back on Ace Techers in January to review Wrestle Kingdom 18. We want to wish you all a happy holidays, Merry Christmas, Feliz Navidad, Happy Kwanzaa, Happy Hanukkah, all that good stuff. For Sanal, for NK, this has been Ace Techers. I'm SP3, and we are out. Happy New Year and goodbye, 2023. Goodbye, 2023. Gato, Gato, you shit the bed in the second half. <laughs>